Today we ask that you breathe upon us. Teach us your word yourself. Change our lives. Take us higher in you. And let the name of Jesus be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Good evening, everybody. Say good evening to your neighbor with a smile. Good evening. Um, how was the traffic today? Pardon? No traffic. Oh, cool. Um, so, um, we say God is answering our prayers. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, not only would we be free from traffic in Nigeria, Lagos, as in unreasonable traffic, that is, um, we'll be free in all respect in Jesus' name. There will be total freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Um, we continue our study in the book of Ephesians, and um, we explained in the book of Ephesians, um, in chapter 1, that our translation will be, will be what? Mainly NRSV. And um, why did we say it would be NRSV? Um, who can help us? Why did we say it would be NRSV? Bible scholars. Okay, so we, we, we did say that with all the Bible translations out there, there are just two types two philosophies behind them, two um, yeah, paradigms behind them. And the first um, type of Bible translations are the literal translations. And the literal translations seek to do word-for-word -word translation. The KJV is a literal translation. They seek to do word-for-word -word translation. Now, that is good because that brings us closer to the text as, as close as possible. Mm. However, the other type of translation is called the dynamic translation. And instead of doing word for word, they do sentence by sentence or thought for thought translation. So you have interpretations. And um, the first dynamic translation was the NIV. And the one we use in God's Family House is what? The NLT. So the NLT is a dynamic translation and deliberate. Why? Because as useful as literal translation is, the English language is very limited. It's very limited. So there are words in the original that you can't really get the meaning in English except you explain the thought behind it. Even those of us that whose English is not our first language, you know, if you speak in your native dialect, there are certain words that you, you kind of scratch your head if you want to translate to English, you know. Um, is, that, is that true? You know, so, so that's the value of the dynamic um, translation. In, in Ephesians 1, we explained in verse 1, I'm going to just do a quick recap. There's a lot of grounds to cover today, and God will help us in Jesus' name. Say Amen. 
It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints. So we explained that Paul introduced himself as an apostle by function and calling, not by title. And he was speaking to the saints. That is, these people were still alive and they were called saints. So we explained what that means, that we are saints because of the blood of Jesus. It's not until you die and spend five years in the grave that you can be canonized as saints. So um, that is not scriptural. And we learned that and, and a whole lot of things in, in part one. In part two, in chapter two, um, which was last week, we, we explained that we were dead through our trespass, trespasses and our sins. We were dead. We, were, we are not bad people that are going to be made good people. We were dead and we were made alive. I will explain the difference between a trespass and, and a sin. Trespasses and sin, and we unpacked the whole thing and all that stuff. And we explained that, you know, we all will have been in trouble but God, who, was, who is rich in, in what? In mercy and on and on and on and on and on. And we explained that by grace alone are we saved. And it is not of works, lest any man boast. In fact, one of the easiest ways to end up in hell is to try to earn your way to heaven. That's one of the fastest ways to end up in hell, to try to earn your way to, to heaven. But we couldn't finish last week, and we said we should do collaborative Bible study. Did that happen? Yes, it did. Good. Now... If you missed verse 10, I want to point your attention to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And it says that, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things. He planned for us long ago. So I, I want us to take that back. We are not going to um, study that. I want us to take it back and let us study it. Let's study it. Husband and wife, study it. Um, life group, study it. Um, friends, prayer partners, study that scripture. What does it mean? You know, um, what does this mean? Okay, so today we are going to go to chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 21. Ephesians 3 from verse 1 to 21. We are reading from the New revised, revised Standard Version of the Bible. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by his spirit. So some things are only revealed. There was a revealed. Okay. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ 
and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery behind, hidden for ages in God, who created all things. So that through the church, I was say through the church, so that through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. Verse 13, I pray therefore that you may not lose heart over my suffering for you. They are your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your heart with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, it's, it's, it's a good thing to have teachings and preachings in various subjects and topics, but it is something that is beautiful when we just study the word, when we just look at the word. It's good to look at different topics and different areas of life and application of the word. But you see, it's so powerful when we just read the Bible for the Bible and read the Bible to understand what the mind of God is, really is. And that's what, that's what we are doing. And as we do it, God says that he, God, opens, as we talk about it one to another, share it in our WhatsApp group, communicate it between our, our people we are doing life with, that he will open a book of remembrance for us. That's what he says in his word. Praise the name of the Lord. So, in verse 1, it says, this is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. Paul was in prison, physical prison, when he wrote the book of Ephesians. And when Paul was in prison, he wasn't throwing a pity party. He wasn't saying, oh, pity me that I am in prison. He wasn't saying, oh, see what I have I'm getting for all the good I have done. He wasn't even writing to the church for a prayer point or a prayer meeting or a vigil to be held by him. Paul, even though he was in prison, was serving the purposes of God. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, the NLT says, for the benefit of you Gentiles. He's so saying that I am here for your benefit. I mean, just think about that. I am here for your benefit. I am in prison for your benefit. How, you will say, does that benefit anybody? The truth is that everybody, we have problems. 
Everybody. The people that don't have problems are in the grave. And since it's not your time to go to the grave, in Jesus' name, you will embrace your problems and serve God in spite of your problems and eventually prevail over your problems in the name of Jesus. Don't specialize your problem. No, 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 it's not special. The challenge with us is that we try to specialize our problem. We specialize our problem by saying, oh, who, who is doing me? <laughs> or who have I done? You know, so, and, we try, and God is saying through Paul here that we have no excuse. We can't use our problems as excuses for not serving God. Why are you not serving God? You can't use your problem as an excuse for not plugging into God and giving God your best. You can't. It, it is not tenable. That word for prisoner for Christ also means prisoner of Christ. So how well, Paul was not a prisoner of Christ. It wasn't Jesus that put him in jail. But you see, when you are serving God's purpose in your problem, your problem practically becomes God's problem. And it now becomes God's um, prerogative to set you free. Praise the name of the Lord. So the question is, how long are you willing to suffer to fulfill the call of God for your life? There's a call of God on your life. There's a call of God on your life. There are things God wants you to do for him. There are places God wants you to go for him. There are grounds God wants you to take for him. How long are you willing to suffer to fulfill that call? Like somebody said to God, God, you know that I have been um, a good girl all these years. So I give you till December to perform. After December, I can't guarantee anything that happens. You know? <laughs> you know? How long are you willing to... And because of globalism, globalization rather, because of globalization, the influx of different cultures have actually made us, you know, have even watered, really, that's, that's the sad thing, down the gospel, you know. So we, we kind of think that, you know, once you are a Christian, all your problems just vanishes, you know. If you've been Christian long enough, you know that's not true. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> God will solve them, but God will make you better. That by the time the problems are gone, you are a different person. Praise the name of the Lord. So we shouldn't get addicted to being comfortable. What is being pushed out there is comfort. What, and it's, not, it's not that it's a sin, though. But you see, when, when you make it the preoccupation of your life, when you make happiness the preoccupation of your life. Oh, the auditorium is too cold. That's why I didn't come for Thrive. Some people actually say that. It's too cold. I'm not comfortable. Oh, how can we be worshipping under the sun? It's too hot. I can't come to church. Oh, the, 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 the one that amuses me is this. I didn't get good parking. Where they parked me was not, was not very good. So I reversed. I went back home. I'm like, what? <laughs> Paul is saying, I am prisoner for Jesus Christ. Are we going to stand with these same people in heaven? Really? Praise the name of the Lord. You know, folks say that, okay, but pastor, but didn't Jesus suffer so that we can be comfortable. Jesus died so that you can be in relationship with God, so that your sins can be forgiven and you can be in good standing with God. 
and every other thing that comes with it as benefit. So the primary reason is not our comfort. Ephesians 4, 1, puts it out there for us. And this is in the New Testament for those that, you know, just think it's not God. It says, so then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer So, he's saying every Christian should make up his mind that if suffering is in the package, so be it. Every Christian should make up his mind that if God requires me to lay anything down, so be it. You know, that's what Jesus is saying that if you, if you don't deny yourself, and take, my, take up your cross daily and follow me. You can't be my disciple. I mean, it, Jesus was so clear. It's unbelievable. I don't know where we are getting this thing from. If we don't deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him, he says we can't even become his disciple. Ask anybody, do you still want to follow Jesus? <laughs> Get your response. Do you still want to follow Jesus? Now, as we do, you know, because it's technically impossible to even to finish it, to finish unpacking one, one verse. But we are going to touch on some key verses and we're going to go from there. Verse 6 says, this is God's plan. This is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe. Everybody say both. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe in the good news share Equal rights. They share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. And both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ. So, I mean, if, if, you, if you understood how this was a huge culture shock for the Jew, this is a big culture shock for the Jew. Because to say to the Jew, you belong to the same body with the Gentiles, I mean, it's like, it's like an abomination. They were arrogant. They were proud. They had a chip on their shoulder because they were God's people. You know, every other person was a sinner. You know, they were God's people, the king's kid. And, and Paul was saying, both you and Gentiles, you be in the same body. You can't even, they run. They don't even want us to hang around. In the same house is a problem. In the same room it is a problem. And Paul is saying the same, same body. <laughs> it's, it was a big problem to the Jews. And interestingly, it's a big problem to some Christians today. Some Christians think other Christians, they can't even stand other Christians. I mean, I, 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 some, there are some Christians, if they came to God's favorite house, they will be telling all of us, starting from the pastor, to get sanctified. How can you wear jeans in church? You need sanctification. You are not even saved. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. How, how can women be wearing artificial wig? They are going to hell. You know, so, be, you know, and it's arrogance, you know, it's arrogance. When a part of the body feels that they are better off because of some level of knowledge that they have and, and, and if we are not careful we can fall into the same trap if we are not careful there's nothing we have that has not been given to us the fact that somebody doesn't worship Jesus like you do doesn't mean he's going to hell oh that's the truth the fact that 
somebody, okay, because you are quiet. So everybody else should be quiet. Now you come to gospel with everybody is loud. You're like, something is wrong with these people. <laughs> so we, we, oft, we also have to be careful because interestingly, you know, we, we need to, old Christians have the same behavior to new Christians. When newer people come to God or join the church and are enjoying grace, you know, and you eye them, we that we have been here. <laughs> Pastor says, oh, there's going to be uh, new ministers and they call people that just joined the church last year, there'll be ministers. And you're like, what nonsense. We started this thing. It's arrogance. It's arrogance. And that was the problem of the Jews. It's just like Jesus gave the parable and, and says that he, 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 in the morning, he called some people to work for him, the king, the owner of the, of the farm. And says at noon, he went around, he saw people wasting time. He says, what are you doing here? He says, come, come and work. I will give you what is right. At three o'clock, same thing. Oh, you guys are idle. Come to my farm and work. I will give you what is right. At quarter to closing time, he saw some people, I do, you two come and work, I will give you what is right. At the end, he started with the newer guys. He gave them full pay, full pay, full pay. So the older guys were at the back, says, if this was a collective full pay. <laughs> you know, and they got there, they collected the same pay, and they were angry. We have been here. Who are they to collect? Did you know if the master had given those guys a tenth of what they collected, do you know they would have been happier? It still did not make them get more. It just shows hypocrisy, arrogance, Phariseeism in the hearts of people. Instead of you to rejoice that, God, you mean you can be so gracious to give these people the same thing that's like, oh, God, you are too much. <laughs> but you know, that is the response God expects from us. That's the response God expects from us. So the, 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 the master says, if I I'm, I'm, I'm gracious, I call my, my goodness is a problem to you. Did I not give you what you deserve? After that day, I never said to God, give me what I deserve. I said, give me what is good in your sight. <laughs> yeah, the one that is good in your sight, that's the one you should give me. And so it's, it's easy to look at the Jews and, 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 and say that, why would they even be like that? Is God only for them? But if we check ourselves, we need to correct ourselves. We look down on people. People come to the faith, they are new, they are struggling with stuff. We look down on them. And that needs to change. Do I get an amen? amen. You know, God wants you to know that the way he has been good to you, he can choose to be good to other people also. He can. He's God. So, he says, I want you to do everything because you love me, not because you think I owe you. As God to you and I. God wants us to do everything because we love him, not because we think he owes us. You know why? Because I don't owe anybody. I don't owe you anything. In fact, while preparing for this, it was like God was telling me, I don't owe you anything. I said, yes, you don't. <laughs> I don't owe you anything. Think, how many people here, God owes you something. Put up your hand. No hand goes up. None. None. <laughs> None. So, by the time... We see all that we have, everything we are good at, 
we know that everything you are good at is a gift from God. If you have a job and you are good at your job, your job is a gift from God. If you are good at doing A, that A is a gift from God. There's nothing you have that you did not receive. So there's, there's no basis for arrogance. This is why you're arrogant as if you did not receive it. Since you received it, then there's no basis for arrogance. But seven says, by God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. So what I do for God is not by compulsion, it's not a law as where it's a privilege. What I do for God is not a favor I'm doing to him. It is, a, it's, it is what? It's a privilege. That's why even, you know, folks says to me, oh, pastor, I feel so guilty. So why are you feeling guilty? Oh, I did not do my quiet time yesterday. Is that why you're feeling guilty? Yes, I'm feeling guilty. As if if you didn't do your quiet time, God will go hungry. You're feeling guilty as if you've not fed your dog. You know how you feel guilty? As if you, you are. No, 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 no. Why would you feel guilty? You feel sorry for yourself. <laughs> guilty for what? And so you don't feel guilty if you don't do your... Is it? Okay, pastor, is it every time you... Have you never missed your quiet time? I have. Say, so you don't feel guilty when you miss your quiet time? I said, no. Why would I feel guilty? Why? Because to me, my quiet time is a privilege. It's a privilege. So I don't want to miss it. Why? Because it's a what? Now, when you miss a privilege, you feel sorry for yourself. And since you see it as a privilege, you don't want to miss it. So you are running to meet it, not because you have to keep the law, not because you have to check it off, not because if you, if you miss it, you are going to be guilty all through the day. Not because when you do it now, you cannot have peace. But because it is a privilege to sit before God. Praise the name of the Lord. That's eight. Though I am the least deserving of all people. Though I am the least of the saints. It, it didn't say though I am the least of the apostles. There was a place he said that earlier on in his, in his ministry. But this is towards the end of his ministry. You know, the older you grow the, in God, the more humble you become. <laughs> Paul started off by boasting of who the stock is from, the tribe is from, you know. The Jew of a Jew, Pharisee of Pharisee, of the this and that and that. That's earlier in the ministry. Later in the ministry, he says, well, what do these all apostles, what do they know that he doesn't know? Which of them can stand beside him? He wrote it. As he grew in God, he says, okay, okay, okay. I'm the least of all these apostles. But as he grew more in God, he says, I'm not only the least of all the apostles, I'm the least of all God's people. When you still feel you are better than someone, it shows how farther you are from God. When you still feel that you are superior to certain people, when you still feel, you know some Christians, they feel that when you feel that way in your heart of hearts, it shows how far you are from God. The closer you are from God, any honor that God gives you, you know is an honor. Praise the name of the Lord. He says, I was chosen. I, verse 9, I was chosen to explain the mysterious plan. I was chosen. In other words, this thing that I'm doing, I'm not doing it because I have passed all the exams. I'm not doing it. I was chosen to do it. 
So it is the person that chose me that qualifies me, not myself. Now, let's um, get in deeper. It says, chosen to explain to everyone the mysterious plan. There was a mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, has kept secret from the beginning. So what is this mysterious plan? I have been chosen to explain that mysterious plan. He explained the first part by saying Jews and Gentiles together. That was a huge mystery. When you get to verse 10, you will see this mysterious part. It's so mysterious that if you read it, it doesn't even look, it looks mysterious to me when I, the first few times I read it way back. That how can this be so? But that's the plan. Now, here's the plan. Here's the mysterious plan. Here's God's plan. God's plan, God's purpose in all this was to use the church. I must say the church. Let me tell you something. Hate the church. Kick the church. The church may not be perfect. Persecute the church. The church will outlast you. When you are far gone and buried, the church will still be standing. Praise the name of the Lord. Look, it, it, is, it, is, it is a mystery. The church of Jesus Christ is the most powerful force on earth. It cannot be killed. It cannot be suppressed. It can be persecuted, but it will prevail. Praise the name of the Lord. So, for you to be afraid for the church means you don't even know God. You don't know God. Do we have a responsibility as Christians? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But there's nothing the enemy can do to the church. Nothing. It says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its what? In its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Says this is the intent that now unto the principalities and powers might be made known through the church the manifold wisdom of God. So God's plan is to use his church to dumbfound demons and principalities and powers. That plan will come to pass. That plan is coming to pass as we speak. So to think that there is a force on earth that can crush the church is not to understand God and his plans. God is unstoppable. Praise the name of the Lord. God is, I know a lot of things are happening, I mean, even particularly in our dear nation, Nigeria. I know a lot of people have been killed for the gospel and for the fact that they are Christians. I know that as church leaders, we should have spoken up and we didn't speak up. We have no excuse. That is the height of irresponsibility. How can someone come and attack your own and you keep quiet? That's the height of irresponsibility. Or selfishness, if you will. I know that the church has a lot of things that are not going for it. But one thing I know Heaven and earth will pass away. But the word of God remains sure. There is nothing that can be done to crush the church in Nigeria. Nothing. Nothing. Now, listen, listen, listen. I know a lot of things. Oh, church in Turkey, church in Costa Rica. You know, 
Should I say this? If you understand that what God is going to do at this last time is, has a lot to do with the church in Nigeria. The last, <laughs> oh my goodness, the final revival, if you will, we are not a sole custodian, don't get me wrong, but we are a major custodian. The church in Nigeria will be alive and well when Jesus comes. If you don't understand the placements in the spirit realm, you jump at things you have no business jumping at. <laughs> you see, let me tell you something. Okay. I won't tell you. <laughs> I'll just tell you one word. And that word is freedom. That's the only word I'll tell you. The point is this. We are to take our positions in the spirit and listen to what God is saying. Not Look, the people that are being killed, are they precious? Yes. But the truth is that Christians have always been killed. And Christians will always be killed. But the more Christians are killed, the stronger the church becomes. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, let me go on. For time. <clears throat> but I really feel like, feel like unpacking this. So, maybe when we finish at 8 o'clock, those who want to wait behind, I will explain everything to you. Verse 12. <laughs> okay, I won't do that because people that will want to go, who that should go, we don't want to go. And uh, they need to go, so... <clears throat> Verse 12 says, because of Christ, our faith in him, and our faith in him, we can now boldly and confidently, we can come rather, boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of Christ and uh, our faith in him, how should we come before God's presence? And, and how? And confidently. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can come boldly and confidently. People could not access God before. You needed some priest, some high priest to access God. God says we can come boldly and confidently. He's our father. God wants you to come boldly and confidently. God wants me to come boldly and confidently. Because he is our God. But if we look at verse 14, we will get... Um, to, to superimpose verse 1 and verse 14, we'll begin to understand verse 14. Verse 1 says that, when I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the benefits of you Gentiles, when I think of all this, I, now, now, let me explain what's going on here. Are you with me? Okay, so in verse 1, Paul says, when I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the penalties of the Gentiles, and he went on to explain all the things we have been explaining, how the church, the place, placement of the church, who we are in Christ, and all that. Now, you know how you are talking, and you, you pause 
then you, after explaining a whole lot of things, then you come back to your original thought. Hey, what was I saying? That's what's going on here. So, in verse 14, he, he picks up the thoughts again. He says, when I think of all this, I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. Now, listen, the person writing this thing was in chains, and he was in prison, and he was saying that there's nothing anybody can do against the church. The church of Jesus is established. It will speak to the principality of power. It will confound the principality of powers. He was in prison. When you see with the eye of the spirit, you are not moving by what your physical eyes can see. Why? Because what is in the spirit will eventually come to pass. Praise the name of the Lord. So, he says, I, when I think about all this, I bow. I, it forces me to my knees. And why do I bow my knees? Obviously in worship. But beyond bowing my knees in worship, I bow my knees in prayer. I bow my knees in prayer. What was he praying? He was praying for the church. And honestly, this is my prayer for you. He was praying for the church in Ephesus. He was saying something like this. I, I shouldn't be the only one that knows this thing. When I think about all these things, I'm like, oh God, I wish you can share these things with these people also. When I think about all these things, I'm, I'm praying that, God, I wish you can open your eyes also so that you will understand the length, the breadth, the depth, the height of what I'm saying of God's love. So he, he, he enumerated five prayer points and you will see where this supply will come from. He says, I bow my knees and I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, where will the supply come from? From his glorious unlimited resources. Will one empower you with strength through with inner strength through his spirit. So I'm praying in the name of Jesus that God will empower power you with inner strength through his spirit. That too, that Christ will make his home in your hearts by faith in the name of Jesus. That three, that your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So when everybody is shaking, when the wind is storm is blowing, everybody's your roots will keep you planted and strong. In Jesus' name. Therefore, that you may have the power to understand. You know, some things are only by revelation. Some things, yeah, you cannot use a barrio to carry it. Do you understand? You cannot use, you can be intelligent from infinity to infinity, but intelligence will have limits when it comes to the things of the Spirit. It says that you will have power to understand. I pray in the name of Jesus that God's favorite house, everyone in God's favorite house, we have power to understand. Power to understand as God's people should. So, you know, since Paul is saying that when I think about this, I follow my knees, I want you, you are God's people, you should understand. How wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. And again, I pray that you will understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is for you. In Jesus' name. And my fifth, fifth, fifth prayer point, my fifth prayer point for you. May you experience the love of Christ. 
in Jesus' name. He says, though it's too great to understand fully, he says, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of what? And that comes from God. Praise the name of the Lord. Again, that's my prayer for you. Consistently. I believe every parent should pray this for their children consistently. I believe every life group leader should pray this for their members consistently. Every minister, every pastor should pray this for their departments consistently. And God will answer our prayers in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, I want to um, land it here. You know, we, 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 we did very well today. Verse 18, this is where I want to land it. It says, and may you have the power to understand. There was understand. Understand as all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. Then in verse 19, he now said, mm, beyond understanding, may you experience the love of Christ. Why? He says, though it is too great to understand fully. Do you get what's going on in this place? So, like we said on Sunday, that there is no legitimate battle between intellectual faith and passionate faith. There's, there's no legitimate battle between the Christianity that can understand and the Christianity that can feel. In fact, God says, I want you to understand. He says, but there's something about understanding. Understanding has limits. So, beyond your understanding, God is saying, I also want you to what? Experience. To feel. So, you can experience love beyond your understanding. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, I, I don't know how I'm feeling. He says, how much do you love me? I can't explain it. He's just tottering me. You, you get it? So, that is what God is saying. God is saying, I want you to understand my love, but, ah. You may not understand, but I want you to experience it. There are some experiences in God that you can't explain. People are like, why do you love God like this? You, you, you're serving God like a crazy man. I don't. All I can say is taste and see that the Lord is good. All I can say is you to experience this thing. I know how it is. And that's what Paul is saying. I want you two to experience this. Why should I be the only one seeing all these things? Why should I be the only one understanding all these things? You're looking at me as if I'm a crazy man. Experience it yourself. That's what Paul is saying. I want you to experience it. You can feel what you don't understand. <laughs> you know, which is why women are deeper. Most women are deeper than most men. A lot of us men, we are shallow. Because we reduce everything to understanding. But if you meet a man that is in touch with his feelings, ah, if you meet a man that is in touch with his feelings, his depth is usually unbelievable. That's why most women are deeper than most men. It's the truth. No punches. I'm not throwing punches, guys. Pastor Jiddy, no punches. Because he's, he's constantly accused me of supporting women. But, I mean, it's the truth. It's because there are some things that you just feel. In God, in life. That you feel them way before you can even explain them. Am I... I, I, I do you understand? Yes, I'm making sense. Okay, men who are nodding. Yes, correct. That's the man in touch with his feelings. And God is saying to you and I, I want you to both understand. I want you to understand as much as you can. 
But beyond that, I want you to experience this depth I'm talking about. Praise the name of the Lord. I have so much to say, but <clears throat> our time is up today. We will draw the curtain here. I want to encourage you to take verse 20 and use it as your collaborative Bible study. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power, at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's your homework. Go and study that. Those verses. Let's bow our hearts. Let's bow our heads. There's a song, I don't know if you know it. But if you don't know it, I'll sing it alone. But if you know it, please sing along with me. Unto the King Eternal Unto the King Immortal Unto the King Invincible The to this God today. You've been running your life. It's your government. You need to surrender to God. You're like, Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender to God. I want to surrender to this God. Eternal, immortal, invincible, the only wise God. Put up your hand now, wherever you are sitting. You don't need to come forward. If you put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, well, well. God bless you. Oops. As a, as a child. Okay, fine. God bless that child. Keep, up, keep your hands up. If God bless you, that is me. Keep the hands up. That is me. Amen. If you if you are online, the structures are scrolling. Father in heaven, we we thank you for your word. We ask that as we go with that your presence will go with us, Lord. With your word, that your word will bear fruit in our lives, Lord. Beyond what I can even explain, that you explain to your people. That you show them the depth, the length, the breadth, the height of your love. That your name will be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus, mighty name, we are praying. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and 
friend. God bless you. Oh,